Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today, I have Rhonda Meadows with me. She is a senior human resource business partner at Zenium. Rhonda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So Rhonda, you by day are an HR rock star. You, you're a great consultant for, for Zenium and just you have so much 30 years of experience in HR, would you say? Over 30. Over 30. Years. Okay. Not giving you my age though. <laughs> so over 30 years of experience, but then you have this whole other side of you. And I want you to let people in on, on that whole other side of you. You're very involved in the community. Can you just shed some light on what you've been doing all these years? Yeah. So I, um, years ago, brought in a young foster child. And my mom was teaching at Chapman Grade School and told me there was a young man that his dad was in prison and his mom could no longer take care of him. And so uh, my family agreed to take him in. And I think it was when he landed on my doorstep that I realized that there was such a need for foster youth because he landed on my doorstep with a paper bag and in the bag it had he had a pair of socks and a t-shirt. And so that really stuck with me. When he left our home, it was truly my motivation to look into children in foster care and what services we provide for them as a community. And there was, we were lacking. The community needed to come together and support foster youth in more ways than what they were getting um, in the system. So since Alan, my foster son, um, I started two nonprofits. Both of them serve foster youth. One, Bridge Meadows, has a 90% adoption rate for foster youth. Back in 2004, we had 16,000 kids in foster care. Now we have 13,000. The second is Project Lemonade, and Project Lemonade is a back-to-school event for foster youth and to provide them with confidence and self-esteem when they start school. So we serve all school-age kids. And we've served over 8,000 kids in five years. And, you know, I think that the giving back piece for me, too, is just, it's spiritual for me. I mean, everybody has their own spiritual interest and what, what, what is spirituality to people. And for me, it's spiritual for me to serve kids that their parents can't take care of them. And so coming together and as a community and serving kids the best way we know how is a good feeling. You know, one of the kids that we served this summer, he tried on a new pair of Jordans. He asked for a pair of Jordans. What kid wouldn't want Jordans? Yeah. And it was at that time that I really had to take a moment of silence when he threaded around in his new Jordans and he said, you know, you all have changed my life with a new pair of Jordans. And so we ask ourselves, you know, what is something that would change our life? And something as simple as a pair of shoes is, again, I go back to just kindness and giving and how important it is and how it feels good inside in your heart. So, I mean, that's an incredible story. And what goes in my head is like that, that, that day that your, your first foster child showed up on your, your front door, something inside you must have clicked. Like, this is like what I was meant to do in the end. 
And it's a lot of times in community involvement, I think it's so purpose-driven and it's like you just see the bigger picture. What was that bigger picture for you? I mean, you said like the Jordans are like, for that kid, that was, that was, it made his world. He never had an opportunity to have Jordans and he got to be like all the other kids. Tell me about that, like what the purpose was for you. Well, the purpose, I think the purpose in after Alan leaving, starting Bridge Meadows was just that there were so many kids that weren't being adopted. Yeah. And so uh, my mom gave me a book called Hope Meadows, <laughs> nothing to do with my last name, but um, about an intergenerational community outside of Chicago um, that had a 90% option rate. And it's intergenerational, which is cool because you're bringing your seniors together, you're bringing your kids together, you're, you have loving parents, right? And you're getting adopted. And so most kids over age eight don't get adopted in foster care. So this had a, a nice high level adoption rate. And so I left Chicago. I went and visited, left and came back to Portland and met with Commissioner Saltzman about a piece of land. And sure enough, he gave us a piece of land and, and we built $11.4 million uh, Bridge Meadows. For, for Project Lemonade, you know, it really has to do with the state and the services they're reducing for foster youth. And I read in the paper in 2011 that no more vouchers for foster youth. No more vouchers for foster families to take the kids back to school shopping. And that was a, kind of the impetus for Project Lemonade. Let's get these kids feeling good about what they're wearing, just like everybody else, right? They just want to look like everybody else um, on the playground. That was the motivation for Project Lemonade. Because it sounds like you had such a pulse in the community because you were already involved and that you just saw these glaring gaps that, in most cases, people neglect these people. And you saw, like, hey, let's... You know, we need to raise some money. We need to start this nonprofit that's geared specifically to this. Like, talk about the whole, you know, starting that up. I've always had a philosophy, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I think people sometimes with all my fundraising, they walk across the street when they see me because they feel like I'm going to ask them for something. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but that's okay because, and, and again, I think you have to have the thought about no means maybe, you know, maybe this will happen. Maybe, maybe Commissioner Saltzman will give us a piece of land. And sure he did. So I think that for me, it's, it's really believing in the purpose and the cause. And it's really compassion. My spiritual giving is foster youth. All these years being so involved in the community, started two nonprofits, Project Laminate I'm, I'm more familiar with, and you've reached so many people with that. But talk about what kind of impact are you making, not only for yourself, but for the community? What it's done for me is just, and now it's it's a bit contagious for me. It's like you have, you, it's a need. It's like, yeah. if you're not doing anything, it's like this hole in you. Exactly. It's There is a hole in me if I don't do it. I need it. It serves. Fills you up. It fills me up. Yep. It fills my heart. I will say this too. I think that, you know, when we first started, we had a hundred volunteers. So when you say, what does it do for the community? What does it do for companies, organizations? Now we have 700. And last summer we had 700 volunteers. And why do people keep coming back? Well, they keep coming back because the purpose that serves them. When they get in their car and drive home at night, they say, I made a difference today. I did something good today. So I think that all people need that, I believe. Most people really want to give back. And most organizations need organizational help to do it. Mm -hmm. They need somebody to just start the committee mm -hmm. and get things rolling. And then you have everybody coming out of the woodwork to see how they can get involved. So it's just kind of a piece of wonder, really. It's a piece of 
wow, this is special. And that's, it's interesting you say that because it's like, it was this, this hole in you and it fills this, this need that you have. But for other people, you say they come out of the woodwork, they see everybody else involved. So it becomes contagious. So talk about the development that people can get from just getting involved, whether it's at an organization level or just as an individual, like, hey, it's, this is the right thing to do. It's going to fill me up, but it's also going to provide, provide something for somebody else. And it's just, again, it's the right thing to do. I mean, what benefits could we see personally by getting involved? Several years ago, I worked for a man named Ed Miletus, and of course, he's a pretty powerful man in this. But I remember Ed calling me into his office and saying, what are we doing this year for the holiday party? (laughs) (laughs) Because he said, you know what, Rhonda? The last thing I want to do is stand around and eat meatballs for an hour. And, you know, I, I really thought about that. And I thought, you know, what can we do different? How can we change it up? And how can we engage the employees? Because... Yeah, stand around and eat meatballs. That's not engaging. <laughs> and a lot of companies feel like they have to do that, right? Yeah. They have to have this holiday Social party. Event, Social but, event. But a lot of times they're talking to the same exact people they always talk exactly. to. Exactly. Exactly. And so for me, it was, well, let's let's serve the community, right? Let's get out in the community and bring kids in this year. Let's create an event that will be meaningful for the employees and meaningful for the kids. And so I reached out to the Urban League of Portland and self-enhancement. I always like to think big. So the number 100 seemed really good to me. (laughs) So we brought 100 at-risk kids into the company. And what it did, again, there was a lot of planning, a lot of organizing. But what it did is, well, our accounts payable clerk, she's pretty quiet. She didn't talk very much. When she knew that we were going to bring kids in, all of a sudden her personality came out and she said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a singer and I would love to lead the singing for the kids. Wow. So here we have this woman who's works with numbers all day and just sits and here she's good at something else. And a warehouse employee came out and said, you know, Rhonda, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a woodworker on the weekend. I carve all kinds of figures in wood. How about if I make some wood ornaments that kids can paint for this holiday event? People just come out and say, I play the guitar. Can you use that? And of course, we can love to have a guitar for the singing. So, you know, it allows people to come out of their normal everyday role and get creative about the other gifts they have. Everybody has lots of gifts. But a lot of times in corporate, we don't recognize them. No, that's exactly right. Right? And so this just really allowed employees to come together and just share and show the other gifts that they have. And I feel like the other thing is people always want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And a lot of times you can get lost in a corporate world. And so people often feel like they're not their skills aren't utilized or that they just don't get to do something that they're passionate about. But then they see other people getting involved in something and they're like, hey, I'm good at this. I can, I can contribute too. I just want to be part of something that's so much bigger than just me as an individual contributor. And I think that's, I think that's a lot of what people want. I do too. And I think the other thing we did was we invited all the employees' families to come help support it as well. Family is important to every employee. When you bring in a family and when you put on an event with 100 at-risk kids, you know, you set up five stations throughout the company and 25 kids are at each station enjoying and creatively doing art projects or sitting on a forklift in the warehouse and honking the horn. It was a huge success. You know, I remember when Paul Lindman came out from Channel 2 back then and he interviewed me and he said, why would you do something like this? And, you know, my first thought was, well, because it's the right thing to do. 
And how many times do we really look at the right thing to do when it comes to holidays and how we can do something meaningful for the people? And then I think that's a key point because a lot oftentimes I'm guilty of this and maybe you're guilty of it at times and other people are as well, but it's a me thing. It's what do I need? What fills me up during the holiday? But it's not about us. It's about other people as well. And I think like the change that you had in the, the holiday part, like the party that what you had where you're just sitting around eating meatballs and, and talking to the same people you've always talked about. And now you have a shift in what you're doing. Now you're involving other people and you just sort of get to sit back and see that the impact that you're making on other people. And I think that's, it's much bigger than any one person. Well, I can tell you, you know, it, it increased the morale. I think the employees talked about the event for months and improved productivity because when people are happy at what they do in the company they work in, they're going to work harder and smarter. The other side of this, and a little bit of research that I did, Brandon, 82% of U.S. consumers consider corporate social responsibility when deciding which products or services to buy. Incredible. A lot of choices with where we go to buy things. But I have to say I'm one of those people. I want to shop where I know the company is caring about the community. And what is the company doing to give back to the community? And there's all different ways, right, to give back. But I want to know that. I thought 82% was just That's, a very I never, high. never would have thought it would be that high. But at the same token, what goes through my head is, how do you as a consumer even know? I guess they have to do, they have to market that that they're involved in the community and put their logo on everything that they're doing and show pictures on social media of helping out in the community. So it's as much of a sort of a branding play as it is just doing the right thing and being there in the moment and helping somebody else. What do you think about that? I mean, just the marketing versus... Well, and you know what what Cone Communications and Echo Research said is that you publicize it. Mm -hmm. You promote it because that's what the consumer wants. So you put it in writing. You put it on your vision statement that you believe in giving back to the community, right? And I mean, again, if that's what consumers want, then that's what you do. But it's it's not just about the money and and that. It's, it's, again, it's about what's in your heart and what employees care about and ways that they can give back. Now, that's a good point because oftentimes, uh, you know, I'm in a marketing role and oftentimes I think about if we just get our message out and the way we feel about our brand and the way, what we actually do and the impact that we can make, if I use we use specific language, then you're going to attract a certain type of person, somebody that resonates with your core beliefs. And I think that's no different on the community, you know, marketing, the community-based things too. It's we're involved in these communities, we're helping these people and people out there who might want to buy our product at the end of the day, they'll see that that's a community I'm also involved in or a nonprofit I'm involved in. I love to donate my time. I want to buy their brand now. So I just think it's an alignment of core values to a certain extent. I agree with you, Brandon. I agree with you. I think Zenium, you know, Zenium does such a good job reaching out to the employees and saying, what purpose do you want to serve, Yeah, what's meaningful. What's meaningful to you, yeah. And they invite you to to open up and talk about it and, and then have opportunity to volunteer in the community. So I think more companies, you know, need to look at that and embrace it because for me, it instills loyalty. It instills belief that I work for a company that cares not only about the bottom line, but about the community. It was how oftentimes employees feel like the company's out to get them or or whatever. And it's like, okay, if you see your, your organization involved in doing and giving back and just doing it because it's the right thing to do, how much more loyalty would an employee have as a result of that? And, you know, when we think about our millennials, you know, it's, it's gosh, they're leaving every two to three years. Yeah. But it's interesting because in, this, um, in the statistics that I was reading about, it's the millennials and women who really want to work for a company 
that cares about the community and that has opportunities to give back. I thought that was kind of interesting statistics because, you know, we lose our millennials after two to three years. That's the standard. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the, the norm. And I know I have three girls and I know they've, <laughs> they're, they're, they actually live that. But I will say this, that people care about the community. People just need to be motivated. People need a little organizational help, makes them feel good. I mean, you're, you've been in such a leadership role with the nonprofits and in the volunteer work that you've done. Talk about on the receiving end of this, whether it means time from somebody, a volunteer, or somebody just writing you a check. I think you need a little bit of balance of both. But what do you think is more impactful from an organizational standpoint? It's writing a big check to somebody or getting everybody involved. Well, and you, you know, you think about it. I mean, we've all written checks, right? How meaningful well, so is we that? We don't have, uh, time is finite. We know that. Um, there was an older man that was volunteering at Project Lemonade, and when he left one night, I was closing up the shop, and he said, Rhonda, Project Lemonade is the paycheck for my soul. And, you know, that has totally stuck with me because writing a check, putting numbers on a piece of paper, there's no meaning behind that. When you see the faces on kids, when you see the happiness in their eyes, getting excited for school, you feel good all over. It la it's lasting. It's a lasting impression too, right? Um, and so I, this this older man, and I say older because he's probably my age, but <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but I but I I have to say that it's a paycheck for my soul as well, and I think a lot of people can resonate with that. So if an organization really wants to get involved, and in, let's say I think it seems like. Every organization is involved at some level. It just seems that way. But if organizations are looking at it like we can get our employees involved and it can make not only a morale change and a culture shift, but it's the right thing to do. And it from it just being involved in the community, this we need to we need to be doing it. How do you evaluate which organizations to spend time or money on? So Zinium is um, putting together a equity and inclusion toolkit. And in the toolkit, we have a whole list of community giving opportunities. What I've done is I researched a lot of different volunteer opportunities to try to meet the needs and the spiritual needs of all employees. I'm happy to share that list with all of our clients and those of you listening today. But, you know, from Oregon Food Bank to Meals on Wheels, going with another employee to a home of a, of a senior who can't make their own meal, who sit at home all day, probably you're the only person that they see or talk to. That's a meaningful piece. So Meals on Wheels is another great opportunity for people to volunteer and you can go in pairs so you can go with a co-worker and share that experience together. Of course I listed Project Lemonade um, and Dress for Success as a client. A lot of opportunities to give back there. You know, Habitat for Humanity so those folks maybe that really want to use their arms and, and show a little, you know, <laughs> a little muscle while yeah. they're giving back. Um, Habitat for Humanity um, and then of course our cancer. Um, we had an employee that's daughter was diagnosed with leukemia a year ago so we, we are very very supportive of the leukemia cancer cause as well. So we have a list of opportunities and it, in the opportunity list it talks about families volunteering, the hours, so it's very detailed about different opportunities for employers to give back. Well, let's talk logistics from an HR perspective on, on giving back. So I'm an employer and I want my employees to get involved. How do we do that? Is it on their time? Is it on paid time? Is there a balance of both? I mean, this is, come on, put on your HR hat for one, for a minute and just kind of give the listeners some ideas about what you've seen for policies or philosophies. It's probably all over the map. All over the map. 
right? And I'm a true believer in paid time because Agreed. I believe it shows the employee that this is important to my company. And so I believe PTO, paid time. And here's the other thing, Brandon, you know, when you when you instill that in the people, how much you believe in the community. I remember uh, back in the Columbia days when we, we did the Columbia holiday for a couple of years and then employees said, how about how about a weekend that we take kids, at-risk kids, to camp? I'll volunteer my whole weekend, Rhonda. So here we have employees now saying, I'll give up my weekend with my family to give back to the community. I feel like once you instill that in people, your love for others, that you will get a lot more out of them in the future. And they'll come to you. They'll come to you and say, let's do this together. This will be meaningful for us. This will be good and engaging for our team right now. So agree with that because oftentimes I just don't know of the opportunities that are available. You don't even know where to start. Just as an individual contributor or somebody who wants to get involved, you don't really know where to start. So I think on one side, employers kind of setting, like, we want to get involved. So we'll give you some paid time off or we'll make it work out, but let's get you involved. And I think when you when you have peers getting involved too, that I think it just means all the world because then it's like, oh, I need to be, everybody else is doing it. I need to get involved. Right. I think it trickles. It's just got this trickle contagious effect. And yeah, it just brings people together. It's sharing kindness and love, really, when you give back. I think people go home at night and they just feel really good about the organization, but they also feel good in their heart. Just just gives them purpose. When you think about your history with starting nonprofits and being a volunteer and, and being involved in just the community in general, professionally, like how have you developed leadership wise or just I mean you've made connections that you otherwise wouldn't have like talk about some of the benefits that you've you've got as a result of it well I think it's made me a little more gutsy right <laughs> you're doing this podcast <laughs> I, for think, I think <laughs> I mean I think it's I think it's instilled in me more that you know if you don't ask you don't get I think it's instilled in me more that my passion for this and how important it is how people really especially today in our world right just so much going on and people need that special something to feel good about themselves, to feel good about what they're doing in ways, in different ways of giving back. They need that. People need that today more than ever, I think. And they need people like you because through your actions and through your words, you've been able to lead people. You've been able to inspire other people to get involved. And I think if we didn't have people like you and these other organizations that are out there doing really good work, I wonder what kind of world we live in. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't quite be the same. I, I really hope over over the years people get more and more involved in that it becomes a common practice in organizations. I think it should be law. <laughs> <laughs> now that would be yeah, that would be the. I think it should be the law yeah. <laughs> that all companies have to pick a charity and embrace hmm. it. That's yeah. it's just part of my makeup, right? Yeah, and absolutely. It's, I'm such a believer. So as we kind of you know wrap up this discussion, and, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Just wrap this up for us. If you're going to give advice to an, an employer right now and say, here are the next steps. Here's how you should probably get involved in the community. What, what, what do you tell them? Well, I would so just... that it doesn't have to become a law. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm teasing a little know, bit with I'm, that. But, I'm joking. Um, well, you know, I just feel like the more you can engage and interact with your people about what they're passionate about, about their mission to give back to the community and take that on. As an organization, you know, you're going to have happier people. You're going to have more productive people. We are working with an organization called Campbell Global, and their program is called Grow the Good. And 
they're a timber company, but I have to say they select three charities every year that they want to give back to, and they have a committee in their company. They have a committee that interviews charities, wow. and we were interviewed, Project Lemonade, and we were interviewed and we promoted our internship program. So we have paid interns in our store, and Campbell Global said, if we can be involved in the process, interviewing the foster youth, doing exit interviews, being part of their internship, we want to give back to Project Lemonade. And so Campbell Global is paying for our interns for the next three years, and it's part of their Grow the Good program. I, again, Grow the Good, what a great name, right? We should all be growing the good, mm -hmm. right? So I just, I have to say, I've, I've met so many different organizations in all my years that have such great, meaningful, you know, ways to give back. And it really has to do with engaging the employees. It has to start from the bottom up. Can't Agreed. start from the top down yeah. on this one. Has to be meaningful, right? From what the people think. And, and I think that's such a valid point too. If employers aren't really asking what's meaningful to the employees, then it's got to come full circle. I think that's how everybody can get involved. So I right. totally agree from that standpoint. Well, Rhonda, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, you're just a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate you for being so involved in the community. So it's, uh, it's been good. We'll post links to all the, the organizations that you mentioned just so people can get involved and kind of learn more about what they're doing and what you're up to as well. So thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.